another season in the books the podcast featuring european professional athletes who pursue their university degrees at home or in the united states we'll talk about the ups and the downs the pros and the cons we'll hear from each athlete as they talk about their journey through academics and athletics i'll also be talking to coaches and getting their opinion on the subject as well i'm your host leslie knight 11-year veteran in Spain's professional basketball leagues, Liga Femenina 2 and La Liga Endesa. Let's get to it! Today's podcast is going to be a little different. Today, we're going to talk with our first coach, former coach of Movistar Estudiantes in Spain's ACB Men's Basketball League, Alexander Jikic. The first time I spoke with Coach, his immediate words caught me off guard, but from that moment on, I knew he was a man with a sense of humor. When he told me he had lived in Minnesota and had coached for the Timberwolves, my interest was immediately sparked. I wanted to talk to him about his life in Minnesota. I wanted to talk to him about his thoughts towards the U.S. system and the European system, and I wanted to hear more about how his coaching career started. What I didn't know was when I would find the right moment to ask him for an interview, and if he would say yes. In a cafe near the Nuevos Ministerios metro stop, Coach generously gave of his time and allowed me to ask away. We talked about his childhood growing up in Belgrade, Serbia, his beginnings as a professional coach in just his early 20s, and the intense and demanding coaching degree he had to achieve to be a professional coach. We talked about his time in the States and his ice fishing experience on a lake in Minnesota. And of course, we talked about balancing academics and athletics. In Europe, Coach says, players must take a calculated risk. Is pursuing a basketball career worth it if I don't have the time to study? All this and more with a guy that might look and sound intimidating, but is truly a pleasure to sit down and have a coffee with. So I'm just going to ask you, like, you know. I will not introduce myself. No, no, for sure. No, 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 no. Well, no, you don't have to. You don't have to introduce yourself because that's fine. Yeah, Um, I apologize for my English. I just start. No, (laughs) but I do need you to say your name because I don't know how to pronounce it. Okay. Yeah. The um, name is pretty. Alexander. Alexander or Alex. The last name is Jikic. Jikic. Yes, because D Z I. It's like G, and then K I C in our language is like Kitch. Okay. And um, like when you find in, a, in, a, in the states in Canada, you know that some some last names are ending with a C H. Yeah. And they did it just to make it pronounced a little bit closer to our pronunciation. Ah. You understand? So Greg Popovich is sure. Popovich S H at the end. But so they changed it when they came over, so that well, it would or be like somebody, easier to. Somebody changed it for them. I don't know. I mean, I don't know about the history, but it makes sense for okay. some people to change. Okay. So it, one more time, it's yeah, Jikic. Jikic. Yeah. Because some of my teammates they call you Stichic, yeah. and I'm like, where does the S come from? It yeah, doesn't start yeah, with an yeah, S. Yeah, absolutely not. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, if you can remember, what's yeah. your first sports memory, like as a young kid? As a kid? Yeah. Like your very first memory of sports. Do you have one? Uh, I mean, probably, you know, being outside in the neighborhood, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm living in, uh, I grew up in New Belgrade. It's Belgrade, mm-hmm. Serbia. And uh, especially like my, how to say that, we call it block. 
I'm trying to find uh, your neighborhood or your yeah, like my neighborhood, like my court, your, yeah, court or whatever. Uh-huh. I'm trying to find a way in uh, find a word in English, and uh, it's 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 a lot of space for kids, okay, and a lot of a lot of outdoor um, basketball courts, soccer courts, um, all those even even uh, like gymnastic. Uh, you know equipment for recreation those kind of things okay so we were we spend a lot of time outside so like when you're asking me about like what i remember first that's basically it the first events probably going to some soccer games okay. you know and the funny part is that me and my brother were uh, supporting the greatest rivalry of uh, my father's uh, favorite team so like him letting us to go and watch those games it was always uh, close to uh, <laughs> uh, discussion soccer. yeah it's okay. soccer it's soccer okay and then i went uh, i was a little bit bigger when i grew up we started uh, going to the basketball games and um, actually one of the most famous arenas in belgrade is walking distance from where i grew up hmm. so it helped yeah and my favorite team was playing there Partisan Belgrade, and that's the team when I used to work after for 11 years. Okay. So, wow. watching, yeah, it, it is. Yeah, that's kind of like a, a fairy tale story. Yeah, it I is. Mean, it's crazy. Kid growing up next door yeah. and then ends up working. It, it is crazy. It is crazy. So you grew up in like a sport-minded family or like a sport-oriented no, no, family? No, how to say that? Let's say like um, as a young me and my brother, we were, we were. Um, practitioners of martial arts and at the same time we were you know uh, practicing basketball organized basketball okay. plus we were spending a lot of time outside it's a little bit different than today because like no video games start of personal computers no no uh, smartphones nothing not literally nothing and uh, I guess uh, that uh, that it helped but it's uh, for example my father was more uh, oriented to gymnastics because for some reason that was a major sports activity in during his uh, education period. How so, tall is your dad? Very small. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, very small. I mean, like, he's like, if I'm like 6'2", six 6'3", six depends on the day. Yeah. He was... Uh, Five, 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 seven, maybe okay. something like that. Wow! So he actually participated in gymnastics, probably. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was not competing. Maybe for like on a school level or something. Yeah. But he could do a cartwheel. I can't. Are you serious? <laughs> Listen, I mean, this is this is uh, even the last days, his last days, he was in shape. It's crazy. It's crazy. And, and of course he he could do all the things on those gymnastic I don't even know how how to call those like the horse thing yeah, or, or the or rings or the rings on the, the rings uneven would, bars yes yeah, some something like that he, <laughs> he he uh he was I'm not sure it's what's the better way to say it he was capable doing that or able to do it I'm not sure okay. but both Anyway, he could do things that me and my brother couldn't. Okay, 
Interesting. So yeah. it's just you and your brother, no yeah. other siblings, no, no sisters. No, okay. No. Um, so when you started, like, why did you start playing basketball? Just because it was there in it, the neighborhood, or uh, basketball is very popular in Serbia. Okay. It's yeah, very it's, popular. Like it's had a lot of history. Yeah. Yeah, and um, for some reason, I liked it better than soccer. Okay. And I, I, I wasn't, you know, special or something like that. It's just, uh, you know, playing one club, second club. Then I got injured. Then I stopped. Blah blah blah. Then, you know, finish a high school. Then uh, join the army because it's uh, mandatory. Ah. And then whatever. Okay. What position did you play when you played? Uh, I was a dirty two. <laughs> I was a dirty too. Okay. Why yeah. does that not surprise me? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I was competitive. Okay. Not really skillful, but competitive. So and then, obviously, I had a different body than I'm having now. <laughs> you know, obviously. Um, and your brother was older or younger? Younger, two years younger. He was like okay. more of a combo point guard. He, was, uh, he had more skills. Okay. Um, so then you like balanced high school and sports at the same time. Was that yeah. difficult or was it? I, listen, it's just uh, like high school, it's just you're getting education, you go to school, blah, blah, blah. Then if you have some other, how to say that, activities, mm -hmm. because uh, it is different than in states. Right. Yeah. In, uh, in, uh, as you know, in states, everything is connected mostly to the schools, mm -hmm. high school level. After that, colleges or whatever, uh, junior college or, and but before that, I guess you have all those uh, like voluntary organized activities, something like that. But you don't have clubs right. in Europe, as you know, because you played mm -hmm. hundred and fifty-six years <laughs> in, the, in, the, in Europe. It's a little bit different. So, you know, you have smaller clubs, a little bit bigger, then you have like high levels, clubs, yep. whatever. So it is, it is, you always find your spot. Okay. Because I know through interviews that I've done, some girls find it hard because once you get into high school, supposedly high school in Spain, like the last two years are a lot more difficult than high school in the States. Um, it's like almost like college. And so for some players, they have a hard time making every practice. Um, and sometimes I've had girls... You mean girls because they need to learn? Because they need to study or study, they have exams sorry. or whatever. Yeah, study. and sometimes they will stay home and, and study instead of going to practice. Yeah. But then I talk to other players and they say, oh, I never did that. I always went to practice. I always figured it out. I organized myself. I got my studies done and then I would go to practice. Well, so I was just curious if, it, if I'm, I'm you remember it being difficult or if it was... I'm not sure that I spend a lot of time studying. Okay. But, um, but you know what? Like, I have an 18 year old daughter. Okay. One of the things that I'm trying to, how to say that, to make her understand, mm -hmm. and I'm not good at it at all, is time management. Right. Because I believe it's very important. And uh, nowadays, people call it being organized or whatever but for me it's still time management because you have like 24 hours obviously you need to do this 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 and this and but i i believe it's very important to figure out your priorities well and, and usually when you're some in a kind of passion you when know? you're in a sport that almost helps you be more whenever i was in my season i was always more organized than when i was out of season well listen it isn't funny that you're saying that because that's part of me my understanding of the players it is kind of funny for example you start playing organized basketball when you were like 15 probably first year of high school i'm talking about am i right when, when no. did you, 
Okay, good. But anyway, you have you started to do some organized sports. Mm -hmm. When I say organized, meaning, hey, okay, guys, we're practicing here and here. Then you have some kind of supervision, call it coach or whatever. That's what organized means for me. And then you have some kind of competition. And uh, the thing is, I, I believe sports are good for any person. Mm -hmm. Depends how competitive you want to be. And then it's just, you know, different cultures, different understanding of, of being competitive, meaning having goals. I did have problems. Uh, I'm not, not the right word. I did have experience in my career with uh, very good players and very good students uh, picking up option to stop playing organized basketball on high level. So that they could focus on... Yeah, but, but in my country, it's a little bit different. Okay. Okay, we are starting with a pro-level understanding of basketball practicing mm -hmm. very early as early as possible right if that means twice a day when you are 15 yeah probably so then those kids they they don't finish high school no or they, they do but there are some other ways to finish okay okay and i guess they're i don't know i'm not sure they understand what calculated risk is in that moment when they're studying uh -huh. but they're following their dream do you think, um, I mean, you've coached a lot of different teams yeah, over I the did. years. Have you had players that are in a university? Like, are they enrolled? Are they taking classes? Or Honestly, when I was younger, one of the younger coach, uh, one of the things that were, like, really important for me was to follow, uh, how to say that, decision not to lie to my players. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm always trying not to make promises because I believe promise in something is a halfway to a lie. Okay. And I don't want to be a liar. Meaning, if I understand that there is a difference between your passion and commitment and your ability, I believe it is part of my job. I'm talking about working before pro level. I believe that part of you being a little bit more than a coach is to explain, you know, my job should be to explain to you, hey, listen, Leslie, uh, girl, you, it's great, uh, you're passionate, you're commit, you're this and that, but there is a very small chance that you will be able to do this for life. Mm -hmm. And I believe that's a part of a coaching job. Hmm. I'm not sure everybody thinks like that, but it's okay. I don't mind. That's a tough conversation to have. Absolutely. I don't mind being hated in that moment. And I, I had that in my years. But has anybody, I mean, ever proved you wrong? Like, because if you say that to... Listen, I never cut the player who made, a, who made a career in some other club. So I, the guys that I pushed into studying direction uh -huh. later not in that moment they didn't understand in that moment later years after I think they did understand okay. which is fine with me but in that moment okay you can I, I was swallowing the fact that they hate me yeah 
Well, it's, I think about it all the time. Um, it's got its pros and its cons, right? Because the differences between the American system and the European yes, system are not even comparable. And it's like, okay, I look at myself. When I was 12, I was playing varsity basketball for my high school. So I was in seventh grade and I was playing with girls that were 18. That was the oldest, 18 year olds. But I look at Christina Mato, who plays on our team right now. She's playing, she's in high school, she's in her last year of high school, and she's playing with me, and I'm 33. You know, so she's playing with, same with Luka Doncic or Ricky Rubio. They're yeah, getting this that's experience. A, yeah, that's, but, a, that's a European thing. But That's the same, absolutely same thing Exactly, as exactly. But then how do they balance that with academics? That's a calculated risk. Right. Hey, this is something I want to do, and I will do it 100%. Mm-hmm. People don't understand that. But I don't expect people to understand everything that some other right. somebody else is doing. Yeah, no, they're just different. I mean, they're it just is, very different. It is. And Listen, that's one of the cultural differences that you maybe you should not even try to understand. Just accept accept it as it is. Well, the good part is that then people like me who weren't drafted into the WNBA after college still have the opportunity to continue playing in Europe. You know, Absolutely. because but, the clubs are like yeah. that. But then there is another thing, very interesting thing, okay? And let me ask you something. Do you think that college coaches, male, female, and I don't need names, you think they're doing their best in preparing um, their players for after college life? Well, I only had one college coach, okay. um, so I can't speak for all Yeah, the but you have coaches. friends, you have teammates. Right, I have friends. Um, I would like to think that my friends now that are coaches, I would like to think that they care more about just the wins and the losses and that they're trying to prepare these young women for life after college. Um, but at the same time, it's cutthroat and they need to win. Yeah, and so they're very focused on winning. Yeah, so from my experience, most of kids in that moment coming from uh, states... Most of them were listening uh, two, three, four years of my way or highway and um, not sure, understanding that coming here, it is different. Mm -hmm. Especially because all of a sudden, maybe you will play with a guy your age with uh, five uh, pro seasons. Right. Or you will at the same time play against 37-year-old vet. Yeah. Makes sense? Yeah, no, you can be successful back home and then come over here and get and your be, butt kicked. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the things that I'm not sure people, and that's me talking with so many, with so many American players. Mm-hmm. And at the end, like when I explain them my point of view, they say, well, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. And I'm not sure what preparing you for the after college life means, but I think, including MBA. I'm talking about a style of basketball, I'm talking about demands, and I'm talking about the basic package of X and O's. Because some things in college, yeah, you will be able to do, and you will be fine with them. Mm-hmm. But on the next level, you will probably look ridiculous. I do have to say, though, I think a lot of my assistant coaches, they were supportive. You know, we would have meals. They would ask me how my classes were going. Um, some of them I still keep in touch with. Um, they're definitely resources that I could use, you know, Absolutely. if I need something, call them up, help me get a job, yeah, I understand. whatever. But at the but, same time, you know better than me. I'm 100% sure that so many athletes are not really students. 
and we will not open the topic of schools making money <laughs> of amateurs playing pro level sorry we'll not we'll not talk about it that's a whole nother animal yeah, yeah it's uh, it's a beast yeah well everybody okay. else is making money on that but I, True. we will keep it we will keep it there <laughs> i will i stop I, I, will, I will stop right there that's an yeah it's an interesting topic and i've heard uh well we'll just cut it but um okay so you grew up in serbia mm -hmm. your you and your brother you started playing basketball yeah. and then how old were you more or less when you decided thinking about started thinking coaching? about yeah i started coaching 91 as soon as i came back from the army i started coaching that's it so you were how old at that time 19 to 20. okay and that's it and i started and uh, from that day and and I was lucky to actually start on a pretty high level. I mean, high level. I started in a Partizan, the club I was talking to you about. Mm -hmm. And Partizan is a really high level. Mm. And uh, I started with uh, great coaches. I was assistant coaches, assistant coach for the great coaches, great, great uh, educators, teachers, whatever it is. I like to believe there is a difference between those two words. You can be a teacher and educator. Okay. Okay, but... I will not explain that. <laughs> anyway, which one is better? Which one has the more positive connotation? I believe teacher. Teacher, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So did you have to take? Did you have to do basketball courses? Like here in Spain, you've got yeah, the first, yeah, second, course. third. Yeah, of course. We have a, we have a very, very tough. Uh, just to make it a little bit. Uh, how to say that, closer to somebody, if anybody will listen my podcast. <laughs> your will, podcast? I mean, your podcast <laughs> with me. Any, any, nobody will listen to this. Anyway, we, have, we call it uh, like academies, okay. coaches academies for a different level. Sure. And I started, you know, right there and I finished that and uh, that's it. But you were able to do that while you were in the military or you did it no, after? After, after. after. Yeah, okay. after. I have a teammate, a former teammate, who plays in Logroño right now in Spain, and okay. she's from Serbia, and she finished her coaching degree yeah. like last year. So this must be what you're talking about, I'm assuming. Yeah, but then, then there is another, uh, how do you say that, different levels. Okay. We call those licenses. Sure. And obviously you have a different levels for a different uh, level of basketball. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, it's not easy. It's pretty demanding, mm -hmm. but then what most people don't understand after that, I believe that your real real education starts because I I I believe and I'm like a hard believing that that you cannot be successful in this profession if you don't understand the other sciences, whatever that means. Somebody calling a psychology somebody calling that physiology somebody calling it communications or communicology but all those sciences that you don't connect with sports immediately when you say basketball you don't think about uh, you know physiology or understanding the processes in your body or players body during the practice game after game those kind of things sure and i believe that that is very important 
and you learn about these things a lot in, a lot in the degree that you get in the academy that you have in Serbia yeah it helped me yeah it okay. helped me and I and I like to say like I, I say that without any how to say that I don't have doubts that in some of those things I'm I'm pretty educated okay. because I spend a lot, a lot of times researching, actually studying. Hmm. Like I'm studying some other major on the college, literally. So how many years does it take to get this degree, this in basketball a, you mean degree? Basketball degree? In Serbia, de yeah. De depends. I was in a that happened in '91. That was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, it was. Um, Two or three years. Okay, yeah. So and it's no, it's not. It's not like a course. Right. It's not like uh, two weeks. Right. The the one that I finished. Okay. Yeah. Well, I know. And I then think at, that's at the end, you have uh, you gotta do the, your uh, final you project or final project. Mm -hmm. You have to defend it from the uh, right. Blah, 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 okay. Yeah. And I guess it's a little bit easier if you're a pro basketball player. Uh, they will help you a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Uh -huh. But I'm just saying, for for me, I would I would put it on the highest possible level. Okay. I would put it almost on a, like academic level. Okay. Which doesn't make sense, but <laughs> I I believe in that. I believe in the. Well, I think there's a lot more that goes into ba to basketball than what the average person thinks. Um, Are you serious? <laughs> Come on. Well, I'm just saying. I think a no, lot of a lot of people I out agree there. With you. With you, like a hundred and hundred and one percent. I don't like. You know when they say like we will give hundred and twenty percent. Just stop. You're not nuclear submarine. We are going on a one ten of our. No, you don't. There is a hundred percent, and that's it. That's a ceiling. Right. If it's one ten, that doesn't make sense. Anyway, I agree with you hundred uh, percent that, that there is a lot of things that we don't people. I'm not trying to offend anyone. I, I will use the uh, term ordinary people. It's a way more science and work and organized work and planned work mm -hmm. and a lot of cerebral work. Mm -hmm. And the people don't understand that. Yeah. Which is fine. It's fine. Yeah. So, um, I mean, Serbia has, like you said before, it's pretty well known for its basketball. On the national level, I'm not sure. Who's usually better between Spain and Serbia? Are you serious? <laughs> I'm dead what serious. Kind of, what, what kind Spain of question? is really good. They yeah, just they're won. good lately. Lately. I mean, they're good. We're good too. Okay. Well, I know you guys are good. Yeah. But I'm, okay, so you guys are both like yeah. right up there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I will not say publicly <laughs> they're better. No way. I do have great respect for Spanish basketball. Okay. Do and, you think... And in a weird way, I believe they, they, uh, they, uh, they respect Serbian way of basketball. Oh, I bet they do. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people do. But, um, real quick, do you think the wars in Serbia and, like, Croatia, just that whole Yugoslavia area, has that affected of course. the character of, of people course. and just how they take um, it's, um, how they take sports or how they compete or how they their character in general? No, listen, we are fighting wars for a thousand years. Some wars. So, uh, is it part of our character that we are competitive sometimes uh, competitor over any limits yeah. I'm not saying it's good or bad and uh, do we have a culture that every game is a matter of uh, life and death 
I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that's how it is. But you know what? Like, probably the the best quality basketball in Europe before uh, ex Yugoslavia just stopped to exist. And the last season was 1991. Uh, just the players who played in that moment, and after that they separated. So the, each country had still crazy good national team. Mm -hmm. I saw the YouTube documentary. I think we're talking about the same thing. Yes. Uh, Divac and Dražen Petrović. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Best friends and then yeah. supposedly. The, for us, basketball is very important. Um, it's not on the level of religion like for Lithuanians, but it's very important because we are good at it. Football, I mean soccer is still the most popular and it's the most popular on the planet, no doubt. But it's a totally different story. Who's worse, soccer fans or basketball fans in Serbia? I like them both. <laughs> That's a good answer. You I like them both. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I used to be one. I am, I'm still one. I'm still a fan. A hooligan. Whatever hooligan means. <laughs> if you explain me the word, whatever hooligan means. Okay. I'm not pushing dope. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm supporting my guys. Okay. Thank you. Um... <laughs> So, all right, you, you get your courses, you start coaching. Mm -hmm. um, I, I was very lucky at the start. I had uh, I worked for three different personalities, and uh, all of them were, in their own way, very good. I was a pro with the 23. A professional coach at 23? Yeah, yeah. Wow. With a professional team. I was assistant coach in a pro team, first division. And what was your dad thinking about all this? Are you serious? Like, did he start learning then about basketball and he no, was understanding no, no, no. everything? No, 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 no. He said, this is one of his favorite. So, in the 99, it's under 16 European champions and Serbian team. In that moment, we are the best in Europe. So, I'm coming home. He said, this is good, this is good, but you need to have a safe job. Do you understand me? Like... For him, everything was a risk. Everything was a risk. He was that type of man. Uh -huh. He was that type of man. Get a real job, right? Like yeah, uh... yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like something like that. Like uh, mother and father, they were very supportive. <coughs> but still, you know, uh, in a perfect world for him, probably that basketball coaching would be a hobby, or uh, after the job activity, whatever, right. call it as you like. But um, it wasn't like that because... But, you know, at the same time, I was pretty young when I stopped... Uh, just for you to, exp to understand, I would stop asking for money from my parents. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So... That said something. Financially, I was kind of independent. Right. But, uh, so... It's helpful when you want to be independent in uh, choosing what you want to do for a living you understand sure is it tough yes it was very tough it was very tough because like uh, for example in one club i was working a year and a half without getting salary and when i was and it was actually literally somewhere around 97 97 is the important year for me because that's like the first year of me having direct contacts with the nba basketball scouts coaches blah 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 so I remember them asking, but why you work? So you, you cannot explain that. You're going and you keep on working. 
you know, hoping that you will get what they owe you and they don't pay you at the end. But some other things, I guess then you, you become a little bit tougher. And then, uh, for example, now I, I have, it's not a secret at all that my fuse is very short when we are talking about money delays, especially if it's something that people ignore. I do understand that you can have financial problems, but just come and explain it to me. Mm -hmm. Don't pretend, you know, don't ignore. So nowadays my, my fuse is a little bit short about it. Understandable. I think everybody's fuse would be short in any job if they're not getting paid on time. Yeah, yeah, but you, know? you do know playing all across. Yeah, it happens. Uh, more than often. Yeah. So, okay, in 1997, you start having contact with, yeah, with uh, some, the U.S. and yeah, NBA were, teams. Yeah, I, w I was working with that uh, national team under 16 mm -hmm. that moment. And then I was coaching in my club, some interesting kids, players. And then, you know, you know what the scouts do? They go around. But back then, it was a totally different than today. There and were no YouTube videos of no, kids. No, 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 no. And yeah. um, basically no internet in uh, the way it is right now, yep. meaning the, the amount of information. So, like, a scouting job was very important back then, meaning that you can have a right type of information. Mm -hmm. Because people make mistakes. Today, with all the imaginable ways of collecting info, there's still people make mistakes. And it's... And it's easy to judge. Okay, hey, you have a pick, but you didn't pick uh, Leslie. You picked somebody else. Yeah, uh, maybe I have my own reasons. Maybe I know something that you don't. Whatever. But, you know, it, it started and... Uh, but listen, at the same time, you ask me about education and, uh, and, and uh, working in a coaching business the way I was working... It's very unhealthy if you are in a relationship that you call serious. Because, listen, basketball... We're, we're talking about a, a relationship as in like boyfriend-girlfriend? Is that what you're saying? Or wife and a husband. Or wife and husband? Yeah, okay. it's very unhealthy. If you're a coach or if you're a player? If or you're, what? Yeah, if you're a coach. Okay. Because people don't understand our job. Ah. Well, you guys are working 24-7. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not for every woman. <laughs> no, really. Yeah, or every family. Yeah. Or every family, we call it this way. So, especially like, if you're having to change teams or change countries, countries. or travel. And then, there, then there is another thing, and you as American, you understand it because you played in different countries. For example, in, in states, I guess, as far as I know, maybe I'm wrong. It's not uh, unusual that a kid from California goes to Texas for college. Am right. I right? Those kind of things. Like, people travel. People mm -hmm. go and follow uh, Yeah, my dad's scholars. from California. My mom's from Washington State. And okay. I, I was born in Minnesota. Great. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, and, and, uh, and in Europe, obviously, that's countries. And, uh, yeah, I do understand their culture differences in the different parts of states mm -hmm. I've been there I saw that I experienced it but still here it's a little bit different at, at least you have a same language or similar languages okay over there basically it's English 
with the different accents of understanding of words. But here it's different languages, different culture, different history, which is very important. So it's like if you travel a lot and do that, it's a kind of sacrifice for the coach. Yeah. That's what happened to me. I'm divorced. I know. So I'm in, you're insinuating or yeah. you're telling me right now that yeah. you... Yeah, okay. listen, basketball took everything from my life or a lot. Or a lot. Yeah. It took and it gave and it took and it gave. Well, let's, it's all pros and cons. Yeah. Like maybe, as my father used to say, get a job, have a normal family and have this hobby. Maybe that's better way. I don't know. Where does your daughter live now? Uh, she's uh, with mother in Belgrade. In Belgrade, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Not not in sports. Okay. Uh, um. So then you go to the United States mm -hmm. in when? Two thousand two. No, it was oh five. When? No. No, you did summer leagues, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I started with the summer leagues. At first, it was uh, Seattle. Seattle and San Antonio, same year. Then. Next year it was San Antonio. Then uh, North Carolina. Our our federation, uh, sorry, coaches association, sent the four of us uh, to some kind of uh, studying tour, and we spent a preseason camp in with Spurs, uh -huh. and from there we moved to North Carolina, spending preseason camp over there. Chapel Hill. Yeah. So total was like two and a half months of uh, U.S. basketball. And I think that's a pretty high level, whatever people think. Mm -hmm. I have great respect for Coach Popovich and uh, Coach Williams. And that was his first season over there in, uh, in North Carolina. And they won NCAA that season. Mm -hmm. And San Antonio Spurs, they won their title that season. <laughs> and uh, after that, next year, Dwayne Casey, the coach I met in uh, Seattle, simply asked me, like, hey, would you come? And work with us uh, for the summer league, and then there, then there's another thing. It was a little bit different than now. Nowadays, you have 20 coaches around the floor. Back then, it wasn't like that. Really, it wasn't like that. I remember my first summer league, and we were practicing first in Seattle, and after that, we were flying to LA. And uh, on the floor, it was uh, Dwayne, but he was not coaching the team. Uh, Dean Dimopoulos, also the guy from. Uh, uh, staff of um, what's his name? Los Who? Angeles? No, in Seattle he was a head coach. Oh. Uh, he's in Indiana now. McMillan was Yeah, that? McMillan. Okay. So it was like McMillan just supervising, Green Casey over there, Dean Dimopoulos, uh, myself, the another coach, and that was a staff. Hmm. No, uh, no scouts, no assistant, no video guys, blah, 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 mm -hmm. meaning around the you know, around the floor helping and whatever it is. Now that uh, the staffs around the NBA are massive. Massive. That's yeah. that's great word. Massive. <laughs> I wouldn't. Yeah, I cannot find a better one. So, how was your English when you came over for the first time? I don't time know. For these you have to ask camps. them. I don't know. I <laughs> guess it wasn't that bad. I mean, it's probably better than now. I don't better know. than now? I don't know. <laughs> But you learn that just because over in Serbia, yeah, it's a part television of is in no, English no, or... it's a part of education. Okay. Uh, st I, I started early. I was eight when I started with English and I was ten when I started with French. Okay. Do you speak fluent French? No. Okay. Your English is better. Yeah, way better. Okay. Way better. Because I, I didn't... 
speak French, not even close uh, number of situation as English, okay. which is understandable. Um, and and my, the, yeah, I'm listening. So. My other questions, did you have stereotypes about the U.S. before you went? Absolutely. I'm sure you did. For, can you tell me a couple of them? Like... And and what, when you, you when you did you go there, be more specific. <laughs> well, the stereotype. I'm curious to know the stereotypes that you had, and then when you went, did you feel like they were true? So listen, or my first American experience is with a club 97. So we were playing those. Uh, you know that colleges. Some they used to play those preseason games with the European teams, yeah. touring states. And uh, the club when I used to work in that moment, we played like seven eight games. It was a midwestern. Uh, it was Chicago, Detroit, uh, Indianapolis. Ooh, what was it, Memphis? Anyway, Midwest. So that's my first. Midwest, Minnesota. I'm not sure that we played there, <laughs> but we played in Akron, for example. We played uh, in Chicago, then we played uh, in Michigan somewhere. How, and this is a funny story, how I gain confidence to speak English. <laughs> Even that I was very aware it's not perfect. So it's literally like we landed in Chicago. It is some somewhere downtown. So we kind of tired, but hungry. We don't want to go to those like McDonald's burger chain kind of type of restaurant or whatever it is. We are trying to find something, whatever. So looking around, not not really something like walking distance, and, you know, jet lag, tired and everything. And I don't know, we end up in some kind of sandwich store, let's say Subway, but not Subway, something like that, whatever. So then there is a guy inside. I literally didn't understand the word he said. The guy that was working at... Yeah, he, and, and he, I mean, it was obvious that he's not from state. Mm. And I'm thinking like, if this guy can work here, like servicing people, then I could probably use my English as bad as it, as it was or good. What well, doesn't matter. And um, after that, of course, you yeah you make mistakes, you know, but I don't care right now. Just I simply don't uh, don't care anymore. But you were with you were coaching on a American team or you were no, no, with no, a no. Serbian uh, Serbian team Serbian touring team in states. Touring. Yeah. Okay. okay. And um, it was the first time in states. And after that, it's crazy. Like. Then, uh, let's say, I don't know, seven today, then they Seattle. And Seattle is different than the rest of the state. Then you go to LA, mm -hmm. different. Then next year, uh, no, after that you go to Salt Lake City. Then next year you're with San Antonio, in San Antonio, mm -hmm. playing. Uh, Vegas was still not there. We played uh, maybe LA again or Salt Lake, I don't know. Then with Minnesota. Yeah, so you're preparing in Minnesota, but you're playing in Vegas, and as you know, of course, all of the, the parts of the states, and they're totally different. Midwest is different than Texas, Texas is different than Cali, Cali, I mean, California, LA is different than Seattle, Seattle is different than the New York area. So like you asking me about uh, states, the first thing I understood, like, well, it's a big country, obviously, and people are different, whatever. I, I didn't have like uh, prejudice. No. No, not not really in the in the in, uh, uh, in uh, like oh they don't think or they look the way they 
they eat think they're so or good they or... look yeah they are better or worse but no no, no it was it was different but... so how would you describe uh your experience with popovich like if i say you know greg popovich yeah what what comes to your mind uh, am i smiling right now <laughs> thank you you are you yeah are. I'm, i believe that he's uh, very good in what he's doing for life and that means two things because i think he's the coach and the leader of the successful franchise or one of the leaders sorry uh -huh. so what do you what do you think he does so well that allowed him I think has he allowed him to be in the same yeah, team for I so think, many years i think he understands the ways of winning and i uh him uh, being successful uh obviously helping to install call it spurs way or his way but you know that for years they were different than the rest of the nba they were just playing a different type of basketball in that moment they were pretty good a lot of talent and they were winning mm -hmm. that's it I well, think I, mean, I think he's I think he's very open-minded person. Uh -huh. I think he's very open-minded person. Well, he's got a female on his coaching staff right now. Yeah, which is you know. Yeah, I think they were the they norm. Were, I I think they they were first. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he had a uh, coach Messina. Coach Messina. He's coaching now in Milano. Okay. He had him in the front row, also, and uh, you know. It is what it is. Well, it's pretty neat because you were the first yeah, no, European yeah. to come to the States and be an assistant coach. Yeah. And the fact that you got to kind of brush shoulders with some iconic historical... Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was different. Like, is that a coincidence? I mean, that's a pretty... For example, uh, for example, now you have a Spanish national team coach who is assistant in Toronto, but he's a world champion. I'm talking about Coach Cariola. Uh-huh. So... And I was like a no-name back right. then. So it's a little bit different now. Yeah. But, you know, for me, what I learned during my my MBA days is that I definitely can do this, whatever that means. Like, I, I think that I can put, you know, I can offer something. Call it thinking out of box or call it uh, Euro experience or I don't know, doesn't matter. But, listen, it's... In NBA, it's um, it's top. I'm not sure there are too many players NBA level outside of the NBA. I don't know. Do you agree about it? I mean, you you know men's basketball better than I do. Probably. Um, <laughs> but I would think that if you were good enough, that you would probably go you, to the NBA go, yeah. just to try it. I yeah. mean, at least. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, obviously this year uh, when uh, Nikola Mirotic came back, but he's, he came back for like, a, I think, pretty good money, maybe even the best money ever in Europe, in a big-time club, playing for a big-time coach, so that makes sense, so yeah. obviously. Yeah, but at the same time, I don't know, if I was European and I was the best in my country... I would probably be interested and want to try playing in the NBA, but yeah. then at the same time, you're in a different country. You're away from your family, away from your friends. Then, you're making more money probably, and, but you're still probably going to make a lot of money in your own home country. And you have your family, absolutely. your friends, everything. So no. you why wouldn't you want to stay? But you know what is the biggest difference? You're a go-to guy back home. 
I will not use the names. Please don't be mad at me. And I will not use the name of the team. Okay. Famous European player. Playing at the same time with a very big NBA star. Talking to the coach. Saying, coach, maybe it's not the best way to use me. To be a corner guy. Guy who will wait for them to help and shoot. Said, give me the ball. I can beat that American player. Doesn't matter. Last. And he said, and he's saying, he's saying like, but coach, back home, I'm Leslie. And he said, but I do have Leslie. I don't need two Leslies. And that man came back from the States winning Euroleagues. I think you two Euroleagues, things like that. Mm -hmm. So he was a go-to guy here. He was one of the guys over there. Right. It's very rare that you go from Europe to States to the NBA team and become a go-to guy like Jokic, like Doncic, like Bogdanovic in Sacramento. And then there are some players uh, before them, Dirk Nowitzki, mm -hmm. like a go-to guy. I'm not saying like important players because before that, yeah, obviously Kukoc was very important, uh, Divac was very important, uh, Stojakovic was very important. But like I'm talking about franchise faces mm -hmm. because Jokic is franchise face in Denver. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Doncic is franchise face in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Okay, so okay, we'll mo moving along here, we could be talking for hours and hours. Um, but then you end up going to Minnesota. And do you remember the very first conversation we had? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you? Yeah, I, <laughs> we were, I do. We were in the elevator going to that Movistar, uh, whatever, preseason thing. Yeah, yeah. And I just, you know, started a conversation with you because I was like, why not? And I asked you how you learned your English or whatever, and you gave me a, a pretty funny response that we don't have to repeat. But um, I did. I didn't yeah, remember. You told that. me your first five wives were. American. Oh yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> and then I asked you where you learned your English, and you're like, "Well, I coached in the states." And I was like, "Oh, well, where did you coach?" And my jaw practically dropped to the floor when you said Minnesota, because yeah. I was like, out of all the states, that's yeah. where I'm from. Yeah. Um, so what was your experience like in Minnesota? And I know I asked you about the winters. Listen, I missed the... You, we will agree that summers are unbelievable in Minnesota yeah. or Minneapolis. I missed most of the summers. Oh, uh, you missed the summer because you would go back for... Yeah, we'd go back then. Uh, we were playing summer leagues, but in a different parts, mostly Vegas. And, uh, right, where it's I, like 110 I, degrees Yeah, but more. I basically missed, missed most of the fun in Minnesota, meaning lakes and outdoors and all that. And uh, officially, I'm not an ice fishing fan. <laughs> did I, you go ice fishing? I did once. I don't understand. <laughs> It was funny. I've actually never been ice fishing. Really? Really? It was funny. It was funny. <laughs> was, this, was this with like I players really, or coaches? No, 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 or? No. It was like friends okay. from there. And I was really trying. <laughs> I was really trying to find some kind of... Uh, Meaning? Positive emotions uh, <laughs> about it. But I was like, so, so guys, what are we doing? Literally, what are we doing? So you don't understand. Blah, blah. But it is closely connected. With probably closely connected with uh, me not enjoying alcohol 
So ah, okay. It is connected. You have to admit. Oh well, I don't, I've never been ice fishing. Okay. And my brother who but goes you do ice understand. fishing they don't, they don't goes drink with tea. his little kids, yeah, and I don't they think don't, they, they don't drink tea. Something's got to keep you warm, sodas. right? Yeah, Out there I, I on believe the ice. in that. Yeah, I believe in that. <laughs> so you didn't catch anything or what? Not that I remember. <laughs> Not that I remember. But you know what's funny, and I keep on telling everybody, and this is a ridiculous story. I cannot remember the day. Maybe you know it. Is it? Is it like a? Is it Minneapolis Marathon? Is it like annual thing? Uh, the Minneapolis Marathon. Yeah, I think it happens in the fall. Why? Maybe a little bit later. My brother participated this year with his wife. They so, ran like the 10K or the... He- when? When? It was, what month? I, I want to say it was like October. No, I think... No? I don't know. I don't know. As, as I remember it, it was a little bit later. I know it was a pretty cold. Then I saw people in their running shorts. They had gloves. Those running shirts, maybe long sleeves. They had uh, gloves. They had some something on their heads, <laughs> and they were running. And it's freezing cold. <laughs> and then maybe it was some some kind of local charity race or something. And I know for sure that was during the winter, because I know it was cold. I mean, it's sort of cold. Yeah. And they were running. Because I used to live in downtown. I, I used to I used to live very close to the river. Okay. It, uh, walking distance to Target Center. Yeah. By the Stone Arch Bridge or? Yes. Very yeah. close. Okay. Is that the, that's the bridge that fold? Uh, well, the bridge that fell was really close. Yeah. Yeah. And I lived close to that bridge. The 35W Bridge. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I... Basically, those two bridges are pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then there was and a famous, was, famous. Uh, were you in theater. Minnesota when it fell? No. Literally, uh, th- this is funny. A couple of days I left. After I, or after before? I left. Oh really? And actually, one of the girls that we know, she was actually during the accident. She was on the bridge. She she survived. Wow. I was Please. in class at the University of Minnesota when it fell. So we were in Minneapolis at the same time. Probably. That's crazy. It is. <laughs> and Flip Saunders was actually going to, there was a story about him that he was going to be on that bridge, but there was so much traffic that he continued going down <laughs> and he took a different bridge and that's why he wasn't on it yeah. when it fell. Yeah. What's the name of that theater uh, very close to the river? Famous theater. Mm. like er, er, On er, Hennepin er, Avenue? or? Oh, uh, I'm old. The Orpheum? Uh, it's like uh, some, it's like a uh, architecture wonder. Yeah. The Guthrie. What is that? <laughs> that Are we, we're changing subjects right no, now, right? No, no, oh. no, no, no. We're not changing subject. Um, Do you think it's ugly or what? No. Oh. No, I, I think, I, I, it's I believe it's a miracle. It's close to the bridge. I, I believe it's an architectural miracle. I don't know a lot about art. I know a little bit more about the theater, and I was actually I was visited that probably two or three times with those um, tour guides and all that. They're uh-huh. explaining you everything about the sound, about positioning, about the balance, and all. Okay. I was like, "What is that?" <laughs> but anyway, I, I used to live pretty close to that. Okay. 
They yeah. have really good farmers markets in the summer, but if you were gone, you probably never went to the farmers big, market right but, there. Yeah, but I'm I'm I think I catch it a little bit because basically, I think I was leaving. Uh, start of the May, middle of May. So I, I did catch some good okay. weather and nice weather over there. And uh, about that about that winter race. <laughs> I was like I, and I'm listen, it is crazy I'm on a I'm on a street. It is it's crazy enough. But then I see uh, people running. <laughs> but they don't run from somebody. I wonder if it was during Thanksgiving. There's a turkey trot. You know, Thanksgiving the third. Yeah, yeah, I know. May I don't know. Maybe. Really, I, don't. <laughs> I was like, these people are crazy. But do you think it's cold right now in Spain? Are you serious? You don't think it's cold? Wow, you're in a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Serbia, does it get? I mean. Yeah, it's a. It's not Minnesota, but it's. You know the 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 weather. It's different than here. Yeah. Yeah, I, but here, yeah, they understand temperature a little bit different than me, probably you. Well, hey, I think the Magariños gym can be cold. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it when they turn on the heat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it could be very cold. Sometimes it's colder inside than outside mm-hmm. because of the old uh, uh, air circulation and everything. So when you were in the NBA, I mean, obviously by then your English had improved. Did you feel like it was easy to uh, like win the trust or the confidence of the players? Did they respect you being that you were this? They probably didn't even know where Serbia was. No, I mean, most of them didn't. What, <laughs> like, I guess they respected him if they did because of the other things, you know. It's fine with me. I'm a I'm pretty straight in your face kind of person. So I guess some people respect that. Okay. I had a pretty good relationship with with the, most of the guys. I, it was a, it's it was like a really good experience for me, really good experience. Really. But you know what's funny? For years, probably ten years, I was not really thinking about going back to states. Two years ago, three years ago, and I know Dwayne Casey was still in Toronto. Mm. And, and you know we are in contact, emailing each other and everything. I said, "Hey, Case, is there any, is there any way I can be a, you know, visiting during the summer league? You interested in that?" I said, "Yeah, why not?" So I had the like ten-year uh, break from summer leagues and everything. But last three years I was there okay. uh, with Toronto, and this year, actually last season I was with Detroit, and this year with Detroit. I was visiting Detroit in March, and then I spent time with them in uh, during the, the summer in Vegas. Um, and actually, my summer leagues experience is all about teams where I that I was following. They were all very serious about summer leagues, which is good. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's different. Right, but I mean the off season is where you get better, right? So I feel like yeah, maybe not. But maybe in the NBA they play so many games that they probably need a bit of a break. Well, do you know what? Actually, uh, they have more break during the season than uh, top European players. Well, this year, I don't know the the ACB. You guys 
practice all through Christmas. I mean, there was no break there. Thank you. That's why I'm. <laughs> that's why I'm fired. I guess. No, but I mean, all the teams are like that. I, yeah, because schedule is like that. But the NBA, they're playing games too. I mean, people like to be at home on vacation but, but, on a holiday watching a game. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand that. I mean, people uh, listen. Let 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 me. I will try to explain something. Yeah. During the season in states, so many games. I think too many, and they will probably cut like six. They're they're discussing about it, whatever. But in Europe, if you're playing Euroleague and, for example, Real Madrid, Barcelona, mm-hmm. all those Euroleague teams, they have crazy schedule. Crazy schedule. For example, so you have 18 teams in uh, ACB and you have 18 teams in your league so it's a total of 68 games without any playoffs cup or preseason so as a coach you're not a coach you're a manager you're managing players and that's a very different aspect of our job um, can I ask you real quick about like A lot of people always ask me, "Oh, what kind of basketball do you like? Do you like U.S. basketball or do you like European basketball?" I like and to win, <laughs> or I hate to lose. Use it as you want. Right, but I think there are stereotypes about the style no, of play. I'm, no, I'm, yep. Listen. Like people always say, "Oh, the U.S. is so individualistic. It's one on one. It's not European. No. Is more passing, more defense." And they, you said it. I mean, then the NBA they play so many games that they can't possibly. I mean, a lot of people they like the playoffs. They like watching the playoffs because they feel like the teams are really working hard during the playoffs. And the rest of the season, there are some good games, but they're maybe not yeah, going as playoffs hard. Playoffs are different because you're closer to your goal, whatever that is. Yeah. During the season, yeah, they people fans are accepting failures or bad results or not good results whatever anyone likes they understand it a little bit different but the fact is and then there is something that we were talking about early imagine i think fans don't understand what it means to be on the peak of your physical and mental readiness for the game and let's say achieve the same level tomorrow people don't understand it i'm talking about peak of your physical and mental level and somebody is expecting to be same tomorrow i will just have something like that as a player you understand that sometimes you are so called out of shape out of rhythm meaning for like eight or ten weeks you feel really good you play good but then you just fall because that's a that's a period during the season How come nobody's talking about it when we are talking about coaches or referees? Yeah, they're human beings too, right? Absolutely. So I need to be on the like for players. It's so understandable. Yeah, of course you can have a bad game. You were tired. Blah blah blah. But nobody's talking about refs. There is always a hidden agenda if the ref is bad. And of course, about coach. Listen. Last year I was in the Euroleague, and I was fired on a New Year's Eve. Doesn't matter. And I'm talking to my president. Six months before that, not even six. Yeah, six months before that, I was a king, but because we were like uh, 
kind of average team winning pretty competitive league. And as the champions of that league, we earned the right to play in EuroLeague. EuroLeague is a different level. So we're not winning the same amount of the games. All of, okay, they're firing me, and I'm asking them. You need to understand, if your grandmother knows how to cook the jam, you know what the jam is. The jam that jam, you put on bread? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that fruit Marmalade, spread, marmalade jam, jam okay, whatever. Yeah. If you know how to cook it, one year, two years, three years, what is the chance that your grandmother forgot to do it in five months? Or, for example, this season, um, one of the EuroLeague teams, coached by the most successful ever coached in Europe, they're not on that level. Simply they're not. Everybody was expecting more. So that means he's not a good coach anymore. That's big time BS. And I promise that I will not curse, but BS is okay, <laughs> I guess. You understand? Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. And people don't understand. Do you know what the word champion means? I'm, I'm serious to ask I you. I mean, I'd have to look it up in the dictionary for the exact word, but I would say it's the, in my opinion, the ability to get up after being you're down or and getting back up to the there top. there is a competition and then there is always a champion. Am I right? Yeah. But that's always a one team. That means that all other teams are failures? Come on. Come on. <laughs> and then they're talking about a winning culture and all that, blah, 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 blah. Oh, he's the best coach. What that means? That he's winning? Or the guy not winning? So I'm not winning, I'm fired. So that all of a sudden I'm not a bad, I'm a bad coach. It's okay. And I understand people, people believing that. It's fine with me. Hey, that's part of my job, whatever that means. But I think that part of uh, people understanding that is so strongly pushed by media and the coaches we accepted that 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 you should be judged according to your last game or last season that's not right simply not right and not true you agree i would agree yes how yeah however sometimes as a player people say you're only as good as your last game yeah you know? that's another bs <laughs> absolutely not true Absolutely not true. Sorry. It's very not true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. We're going on an hour and five minutes here. So we need to cut. But fine. <laughs> we do need to cut. But this, this podcast is called Another Season in the Books, which has kind of a double meaning, you know, about academics and then also about that's another season gone and continued. Um, I should not talk about education. Well, <laughs> I'm promoting everything we, we kind of talked about this earlier, and I'm yeah. sure it's different. It's different between men and women, because I never coached girls. Well, or we don't women. have. <laughs> but I like to use the word female. Female. Okay. Good. Is that politically yeah, correct? Yeah. I'm not Males a king of. Females. I'm not a king of being politically correct. <laughs> no, really, I'm not. So. That's, that's another topic. I don't take it personally, so it's fine. Yeah, that's okay. You're, you seem genuine enough. But, okay. um, you know, for men, it's like what you were talking about before. Sometimes it's really difficult to play and study at the same time. Mm -hmm. And if you want to be a professional, you're dedicating all your strength and time to your sport. But on the women's side, and men, they usually make more money, you know. As far as if you're playing on a top men's team, 
you're going to make enough money and you're probably going to be okay the rest of your life if you are smart with your money. On the women's side, you need you need an education because the majority of women do not make millions, hundreds of thousands, whatever it is. So that's kind of my... I haven't interviewed any men yet. Um, but I'm the first one? You're the first... Oh. <laughs> It's but you're man. the first you're the first male coach and yeah you're the first male in general on my podcast. Okay. But um but for the women they need to study. Like even if you're playing, I mean, in the first division in Spain, you can't live the rest of your life on that salary, you know? And it's really hard. It's really hard to play first division yeah. and study because you yeah. practice in the morning, you practice in the evening. If you study online, but, but then sometimes there are exams and you have a game the same day as your exam. And your teachers don't care because no. it's not like the U.S. where it's together and your teachers have to give you permission yeah. to miss it I or take it early. I understand, Leslie, but I don't see the way to change it. I know. And I was thinking about that the other day because on the Estudiantes team, you guys have a young guy, really tall. He doesn't play in the ACB, but he's at every practice. I don't remember his I don't know his name. I don't yeah. even know where he's from. But... I think he's in high school still. Yeah, is there he is a able, guy. Is he able to? Some of them are still in high school. Yeah, but three, three of them, two, three of them, I think. Do they even go to class? Are they able to study? I, I have no comments. I mean, I just. I is think that a Fifth Amendment? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I and so I was just I curious have, to. But, but listen, then there is another question. Like, is it a little bit hypocritical? that you go to school just so somebody can say like you finished the school I call well, especially that in the United States it's I so expensive it, to I go to school I called it calculated risk if that's a decision that you made and your family is supporting you hey, be ready to face consequences it is very hard, hard to explain people the possibility of injury and we had it in this team very talented kid spent 11 months in uh, recovery and he just tore his ACL again Did you, you heard that I heard about it yeah sorry and that's a risk but let me go back about a female male as you are pretty aware in so many uh, professions so many professions yeah, there is a difference between possibilities. So I want to propose you something. <laughs> Figure out the way to make females play video games. Do you have any female friend playing video games? When I was little, I used Same to play Sonic mode. the Hedgehog on Sega. And Nintendo 64 okay. a little bit, but I haven't touched a video game okay. in years. Do you know any female game um, because I'm not a gamer but I'm sure they exist don't okay. they keep me informed do you like video games a little bit <laughs> <laughs> a little bit a little bit okay like I don't even know what the most popular doesn't matter. video doesn't, game is doesn't right matter now. doesn't matter but I'm just asking so what, you, what are, you, are I'm, you I'm just saying like uh, go home get some rest then start thinking about video game for girls females okay but are you, you relating this are you relating this to the differences between men and women and yeah. just like salary differences between yeah. men and women or what listen I have no doubts the differences exist 
and it will they will exist right. till the end of the world. They, it is yeah, what it is. It is what it is. But for example, your players um, that came from the states, they all have, or from Canada or whatever, they have their college degrees. Some of them. Some of them. Okay. I'm assuming. Um, and at least when they're done playing basketball, they, they probably will have they enough. They could use them, you they mean? Could, yeah, they could use them. Your European players, I don't know how much education they have because they haven't had time to study. Yeah. Whether and that's important or not, I don't know, because there are people that are very wealthy. I'm just saying your system, call it system, is a little bit safer than ours. But how many college dropouts you have? Right. Guys trying to play pro after the first or second season in college. Yeah. And then let's go back. It's very easy to convince a very good player to drop college with a simple question. Hey, how much are you making? Right. And they say, I'm not making. And your school is making? Right. How much? And, and we are going back to that that we didn't want to even start with that topic. And right. that topic is very important. Sorry. But it is. And I, ag- I agree that you don't need a college education to be, you know, pro whatever. Athlete? To be a pro athlete or to be successful if, no. if you want to think about successful later in life. Listen, I'm just saying. That's just foundation for your later education. That's how yeah. I see that. That's how I see that. Because, like, I'm not sure that any education system anywhere on the planet can guarantee you that as soon as you finish your college, whatever, that you are ready to contribute whatever that means at your job. Mm-hmm. Because education is nothing without experience and call it practice. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. the same thing as practicing during the summer, one against zero. You work on your moves, means nothing until you go and try it live five on five. <laughs> it's a- absolutely the same. Yeah. And listen to this. European guys, they have a little bit longer, how to say that, if very successful European guys, or many of them, they're starting pro, at least when they're 18, because uh, in most federations, I cannot say all, but most federations are like, you have to sign pro deal when you're 18. In Europe. Yeah, and in States, it's 22, 23. I don't know when you finish the college, whatever. Yeah. So you have that five years Unless you're Kevin Garnett or LeBron James and you go directly to... No, no, no. Yeah, Yeah. it's fine. But then again, we are talking about amount of of the money that you will make during your career. Sometimes, and you know that as same as me, as every basketball fan or any pro sports fan, that we can find uh, examples of people making even more money after pro athlete career. And we know so many of successful pro athletes being nobodies now when I don't with when I say nobody I just don't want to use a lot of word and you know that one of the players lately there is a video all over the, the social media very famous NBA player and you can see the, the video of somebody else kicking him on a highway and you no know, I saw it on Sportendo listen I'm the guy He's, he's still using Yahoo. I'm <laughs> for your not email. For my email. Huh? I'm a dinosaur. Well, I think that's I'm a, a little better than Hotmail. I, I, yeah, I, I have Hotmail, but it's not active. But anyway, no Facebooks, no Twitters, no Instagrams, no any sort of... Which is 
I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm too old. But I understand the power of social media. Right. Okay. One more quick question, though. Yeah. Also, when we're talking about the differences between the states and Europe, mm -hmm. club sport in Europe, uh, high school sports, whatever, college sports in the states. For example, when I grew up, I played soccer, fast pitch, and basketball pretty much all throughout high school almost. I finished my last two years of high school playing basketball and fast pitch. Um, but here in Europe, it's like all these kids play club sports, and mm -hmm. it's pretty much all year long. Yep. So what do you think about, I mean, I'm, I'm a... There are pros and cons I, for both, right, both I'm, approach. I support kids that play multiple sports, right? I think it's a good thing because yeah. you, you rest your body, you work other muscles, you get to know other kids, um, you take a break from your, from your main sport, it whatever that is. It all depends. What do you want at the end? And here in Europe, what, it's what like the same... What is your final goal? I know your final goal, but not everybody is going to be a professional athlete. So or you not want to tell them? I was very unpopular when I was saying that straight in their face. But I'm just saying in Europe, it's like, I just feel like hardly any kid plays multiple sports. Maybe when they're young, they do. But then once they get older, it's like just one thing, you know? I mean, obviously, once you get to be 18 and you're in college in the States, you're just playing one sport, usually. But... As far as injuries go, especially with women, like how many ACL we s injuries we see all the time, it's just we're doing the same sports and the same movements all the time, and I don't know. I, I like both systems. They're both very different. Yeah, they're very different. I don't know what approach is better. But you know what? Like You're raising your chances to be successful, whatever successful means, in uh, what are you doing or what are you trying to do in your life, because you do understand the hours of practice or studying or working in a direction where you want to go it will count at the end so if you don't burn out yeah oh of course but again it's calculated the risk but then then the, the, again there, this is and this is very important i think people don't understand for example the number of hours that you need to practice to be on a high level 10,000? I don't know what it is. But you heard all those big names saying, I was working a lot, but I was always thinking then there is somebody else maybe working more, so it was driving me to work even harder. And yeah, maybe it's just a nice story, but I like to believe it's pretty true. Most of the guys I used to coach, successful players, they were practicing a lot but then the other topic starts is how you practice and what do you practice and that's why i believe coaches have to be educated or even better having loyal educated people around themselves that's very important i have no doubts my knowledge it's not even close to a top level fitness or strength conditioning or performance, call it as you like. And it should not be, because I believe they don't know en enough to be in a competitive basketball. But I also admit that I don't know enough about their type of profession, but it's very important. But you surround yourself with people that know. I'm trying to. Right. I'm trying to. Right. Yeah, I'm trying because for me loyalty is so important. I am I am old school. I, I admit that. You I told me you told me that the first conversation we had. Yeah. I asked you about uh, the character of Serbian players or I don't know what, and you said we might be uh, 
I don't know what your exact words were. Like, we might be in your face, we might be this and that, but we're loyal. That's yeah. what you said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most of us are very loyal. And me, personally, I can, I can say 100% for myself, I'm loyal till the end, even without any benefits for me. Even if that means that there is no benefits for me. And I'm loyal, that's it. It is what it is. Well, Coach, I appreciate your uh, your willingness to get together with me no, today no, and listen. talk. No, no, we need to tell and everybody <laughs> the, the real truth. I'm real here truth. with you because I need to leave my apartment cleaning list. <laughs> I'm joking. Thanks for uh, inviting me. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure. So yeah, thank my you for last your days in Madrid. It's okay. It's all part of the business, I guess. Well, you will be missed. Um, you will, even though you don't use social media. There were a lot of people saying that they they were sad to see you go. So yeah, just I'm, throwing that out there. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Yeah, One I hour know and you, twenty minutes. Yeah, I know you will cut this podcast. <laughs> you will edit this as crazy. Okay. I, I will edit it. But, no, no, leave it like we'll, that. We'll you leave need some of it just natural, au uh, natural. Yeah, au yeah, so. natural. <laughs> Hey, you need to uh, you need to have a like two edits, director's cut, and like and then the bloopers. Yeah, theater, <laughs> theater's version. Alexander Jikic eats, sleeps, breathes, and drinks basketball, and as a result, he's been able to coach at the highest level possible and learn from the best in the world. His booming voice on the court and his all-black attire give him a very intense aura. But as always, he's just a normal guy who likes coffee, enjoys places like the Guthrie, and is a fan of Yoda and the Star Wars films. When comparing the European system to the American system, he agrees there are pros and cons. And depending where you are as an athlete, you must make decisions, which might include calculated risks. His year with Movistar Estudiantes has come to an early end, but there's no doubt in my mind he'll be coaching again in the very near future. Well, that's a wrap for this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I sincerely apologize for all of the background noise. As a side note, this interview took place back in January, before the coronavirus took over Spain. Another season in the books can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcast Addict, Podbean, and eBooks. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and leave a comment. Or if you're feeling really generous, five stars will work as well. I'm Leslie Knight, wishing you a safe and healthy week.